minute is 4.30, I'd like to call the meeting to order. In your packet is the meeting minutes of March 7th. Is there a motion? Motion to approve. Second. Roll, roll call. Oh, we got roll call. I'm sorry? Roll call. Roll call? Yep. For me, minutes? That's <laughs> it's me, sorry. I'm saying uh, I see roll call on the top and the other agency holds oh, okay. out everybody's name. Sorry. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> we have a motion in a second. Any uh, colleagues here? It's <laughs> so, all right. Um, any comments, questions, changes? Hearing on all the favor by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Thank you very much. What I'd like to do uh, is to move the um, FYE 2023 budget to the top of the agenda. The motion, motion to change the agenda. Second. Motion to second. Any discussion? All those in favor by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you very much. Um, we have Rick Burchard here today for Mel Shaw and Rob He's here to present fiscal year 2023 budget. I've also asked him to just give us a quick commentary, a macro commentary of where the housing authority is through February of 2022. So with that, I'll hand it right off to Rick. Thank you very much for coming today. Hey, no problem. I'm glad I could be here. I live five minutes away. So I can't make it to this one. I can't make it anywhere. Um, so uh, the same has been done through February. So that's 11 months into your year. So, so we got one more month left. So they're pretty, you know. At the end of the year, there's usually some extra expenses because I accrue anything. I, I, I break down and, and book anybody's vacation time. I write off any bad debts and dependent accounts. Uh, so there'll be some adjustments at year end, month 12. But and as of month 11, you know, the thing I look at, and this is why I do this reserve page because I like it. That's how I started doing it. And then I found out my boards like it. Because what it does is, I mean, this is, this is what I look at, because the line items themselves, unless, you know, salaries were over, that would be an issue. You know, if there's specific things that are over or under, then they would concern me. But in general, you know, even with the, you know, I think there's been a lot more spending this year than in the last couple of years, and even with that, you're still operating a surplus in the 400 program, which is, you know, even, you know, because remember, like, through the, through the year, at the beginning of the year, it was actually operating at a loss. And I even said that on the comments a lot, man. As the year went on, the loss got smaller and smaller, and then it basically eventually turned into a gain. And also, this is part of the budget, but uh, the rents have gone up. You know, so you'll, you'll see, like, that's one of the things I check with Lisa. When I'm doing the budget, I look at the savings at the same time. And rental income's up, you know, $36,000 for 11 months. We talk about it, we say, is this accurate? Like, what do we expect going forward? And I'll always go under than over. So if she tells me it's going to be 98000 per month, I might budget 96 Because something, you know, you always have turnovers, you always have renovations. Um, I'd rather be safe and sorry and be conservative. Um, you know, that's just a budget approach. And then in the end, you, you might end up better off. But you did, you know, you've done a lot of spending this year, and you're still operating a surplus. The 2689s operate, every single program is making money. You know, you make about fifteen thousand dollars a year by managing our flock. You're, you're, you know, you're making money. You're six eighty nine. Um, so across the board, you make money. And with the houses, which I don't do a monthly statement for, but I do it quarterly. Uh, you know, your cash flow seems to be improving, even with you, you did have some costs there this year too. But as part of the budget, you know, the rents went up too. You know, we looked at that. The rents have gone up again. 
Um, so the cash flow keeps getting a little bit better, you know, when you look at the houses as a group. Uh, you know, some, one might lose money, one might make money, but, you know, I look at it as a consolidated group. I do separate books for them. But, you know, in the end, you know, you can put it all together as you've done the path by taking some for one to pay for a deposit for the other and, and that type of thing. Um, so, you know, so I do 70 housing authorities, my firm. We do 70 housing authorities in the state. And if I had to rank them financially, you're definitely in the top five. You know, I mean, there's no doubt about it. Every reserve's healthy. Um, you only have state housing, which is, you know, can be good. Um, and you have that management program, which is giving you an extra $40,000 of, of surplus revenue, you know, to use at your discretion. So, you know, I don't see anything, any alarming issues or anything. So, you know, a lot of housing authorities I'll go to, and if they were overrun in like their non-routine costs, which you are, but that's okay, because you make money. Some of these housing authorities don't make money, and I'll talk about that a little bit, the budget, the difference between you and probably two-thirds of the other housing authorities. Um, but if you need to do things, I have clients that call me and ask me if they can go buy a stapler. You know, I was like, yeah, like, you shouldn't really have to call me for that. At least understand the finances. You guys understand the finances. You know your reserves are in good shape, never mind the fact that there's that restricted amount that we have set aside that's on the front page of the budgets. Um, so if you have to replace a boiler, you need to replace a boiler. You know, there's not a big song and dance of where's it going to come from. And instead of making 50 grand, you might make 40 grand. You know, that's, that's really the difference. There's not really any constraints because your financial situation is as good as it is. You know, you built that up over time. You know, that's gradually uh, built up. And one of the reasons we restrict money is to make sure that it's not subject to being captured at some point. Because that did happen, like, I don't know. 15, 20 years ago. Yeah, right. It was longer than that. Yeah, it was I think maybe Millie, yeah. Millie was here, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was yeah. a long time ago. So you, you never yeah. want to be in that position again. No. And you're not. A uh, quick question, and this escapes my memory. How many years has the 400 run surplus? Do we know that? Is that something you've been off the top of your head? Or it's been a like, long time. It's been a long time. Like, right? long time. Like, I can't remember it not. I mean, so it was, I, I know it has for at least 10 years. It, it, it's at least 10. At least. Do you remember a time people ran in the negative? It might be all the way back to the early 90s, yeah. maybe. Maybe when I first got involved. And it was, it's, yeah, I don't even remember. Change. I don't even have those files anymore. All right. Like, <laughs> I could probably go back to like 2003, but I don't think it was even that. No, no, it was probably Yeah, yeah. Probably, if it was any time it was in the 90s. Right. Okay, any questions for Rick on the financials, current financials? And is there a motion? Motion to accept. Is there a second? Second. Motion and second. All those people are saying aye. 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 Opposed? Rick, thank you. On to the motion. All right. Um, so Lisa gave you guys a couple pages that I revised. And in my normal review process, the way I do it is I do the budgets. I get them to Lisa so she can get them to you in advance. And then my final check is when I'm inputting everything into the state system. And I might see something I don't like or something I might want to tweak. Um, in this case, uh, the chain of page one, which is your 400, uh, which pretty much covers the majority of your housing authority. The only thing I changed, which was a good thing, is DACD is giving you um, a couple direct allocations. Uh, one of them, if you see the legal expense at the top, 
account 4130. You can see I bumped that up to 3500 to 6000 because you don't have a pilot attorney anymore. There's no, you know, it used to be all these costs, if you needed the pilot attorney, they were free. They were, you know, they were, it was part of a state program. Uh, pilot attorneys are gone. So what they did instead is give each housing authority an amount of money based on the size of their housing authority. So in your case, based on the units, they gave us $6,000. And I budgeted $6,000, you might not spend it. I don't know how the program's gonna work yet. Um, and, you know, that's, they're gonna give you a check. It's gonna be called subsidy, but it's really not operating. It's a direct uh, disbursement for the lead. Um, so they're gonna send you a check for $6,000. I don't even know if you have to give it back yet because they can't answer this. This is what I, I love when they do this stuff. Because I asked them like 15 questions and then they can't really, because it's too new. So they really haven't ironed out. I know, I don't put it this way. If you spend $7,000 on legal costs, you're getting at least 6000 And I think they'll find a way to get you the other 1000 But they haven't put it in writing yet. It's not in writing anymore. Are you saying you changed that from the original to the revised? I changed the number at the, if you go two thirds of the way down, you can see this regional legal program and you can see $7,500. Yeah. In the middle, you see that seventy-five hundred dollars. I circled it. Yep. Uh, that's that wasn't on the original. Okay. I because because what happened is I put it in the top. <coughs> I put it as the budgeted expense. I got you. And I calculated the cap, but I didn't put in the fact that the ACE is giving you the amount of money. Right. So it actually increased your income for the year by that, and also any additional printers or scanners you want to get um, for fifteen hundred dollars because um, of all the work people have to do because of the champ this CHAMP program that I have absolutely nothing to do with. But I just know when they're gonna give you money, I put it in. Okay. Um, and so, you know, you put, the costs are probably way more than that, but they're at least willing to give $1,500. Um, and then when I do the year end, that flows to the year end, and that's how you get the money. Okay. I don't even think $1,500 pays for the stamps for that. Right, no, I know, but they, you know, they gave us something, so I gotta make sure I put it in so you can get it. Um, so, so that was, that's really the only changes, and I changed one other thing on the 689 because the, rental, the, the interest income was an old interest rate that we definitely aren't getting anymore. <laughs> wasn't it wasn't at 10%, was it? It was, it, was, it was still high, it was like at three, but you know, that's still ridiculous right now. Um, okay, so in this year, just so, what I started talking about, here's the difference. So in a lot of housing authority, they are called subsidized housing authority. Which means that their income, any income they get, does not cover the DAC allowable spending and the utilities. So they operate at a negative. So DAC will give them the difference um, based on that formula. And they break even. They can't make money. The only way they can make money is by underrunning your budget. Okay, so you don't do that. When I put in the income and I put in the expenses, which we go over the cap because we're allowed to do. We don't have to live within the cap. And I put in an estimated utilities, I think I put in a 15% increase this year because we know the cost is going up. Um, and even with that, you know, uh, your budget to make about $160,000, okay? Prior to non-routine costs. So operations, you make money. And then Lisa gives me a list, like every other housing company does, a lot of times, you know, with Lisa's list, I can basically put in everything she gives me. A lot of client housing authorities that go have to tell them, you gotta prioritize. And I'll tell you what I can fit in and what you can't. So don't give it to me like just a list of 30 things and like no real order. Tell me what you really wanna do and what you need to do and I'll put in as much as I can 
before you probably should get cut off. And then we'll, I'll explain why you can tell me if you don't care, you need to spend the money anyway, so be it. So we run into this situation every single year, is you, you make X amount of dollars, um, you have like the net metering program, which is the solar thing. Uh, the difference between you and the subsidized housing authority is if you're subsidized, any savings you get from that program, you gotta get 50% back to the state. You guys don't, because you don't earn any subsidies, so you have nothing to give them back. So if, if you made $50,000 on that program and you earned $100,000 of subsidy, you have to give $25,000 of it back to the state and only give you 75. In your case, because you're not subsidized, you don't have to give any of it back. And it flows down your income through your operating state. So that makes a big deal. And that's actually starting, I don't know, like first to consider it. I'll more talk a little bit. Because Lisa does such a good job in Norfolk, they're now not subsidized, and they get to keep 50%, where they used to have to give 50% back. So, she's made a huge difference over there, I'm telling you. I mean, it's unbelievable. Um, I knew she would, but I had to try to stay neutral, because I had three clients that I all know, that I know, that have different strengths, that all went for that. I mean, I, I honestly, I knew she was the best, and I said it as politically correct as I could, without getting everybody else mad at me, you know? Because, you know, I've known that for you. I've known all these people for 20 years, so, like, yeah, I told them she was better than you. Like, okay. Because they asked me, you know, pretty direct. Um, so, in this year, the one change is uh, there was a 4% increase in salaries. And, as you guys already know, there was a uh, new salary schedule for the executive members, which you guys have already signed. So, that's in the administrative salary line item. It's a little higher. Um, Lisa got a little bit more because of the extra program. Um, and it was 4% in total. So, you know, you could give one person a little bit more and another person a little bit less. That's up to the director. And that stuff's on page two. And we'll review that when I get to the bottom. And as far as the regular operations, I didn't really change much. You have plenty of money in travel. Um, I bumped up the members' comp because last year was $4,800. Well, two years ago, $4,400. The current year was 4,800, so I bumped it up to five grand. Um, accounting stayed the same. My contract's a two-year contract. Um, the audit cost, that's this AUP, that stays the same. I bumped up the admin for the 1,500. That money they're giving you, that's that's the you know other extra 1,500 dollars. Maintenance labor goes up based on labor and industry. So every April 1st they get a raise. Um, they um, you know, so we have it this year. We actually had it. So we have the actuals for next year already in budget. That's the one plus about doing it now instead of doing it last month. We have the race now, so we have the actuals in there. Um, insurance went up a little bit, but you can see really not a lot of of, of issues. You know, um, retirement went up ten thousand. Health insurance went up ten thousand. There's about a twenty thousand dollar increase that allocated across the board, um, and that's way better than a lot of housing. You know, um, you know, so your, your insurance costs, your entire costs really haven't hit you very hard, which is, which is good. Um, you know, so, you know, your, your cost increased 30000 If you look up at the top left, I do the cap calculation, which is if you were subsidized, you would have to live, jeez, I can't even read this with my glasses on. You would have to live within that top number, the 832 number, that's the calculation. But as you can see, we budgeted 846. Um, we could budget 870 if we wanted to. But 
the idea is maybe like say if they increase it by four percent or six percent next year, we might not even have to call, you know, ask for the retained revenue exemption. So I put in the difference in a line to request them to approve to go over the cap number. And with the reserve levels, you need all the requirements. You make money and you have reserves over 50%. And if they have the restricted in, then it's way over. Um, so, so then they give me a list, and the list was $145,000 in our routine, which included a truck. That was the big, the big thing, which again, that's in the back, which we'll look at. And you still budget to make $33,000. I put in $96,000 estimated for rental income. And Lisa thought it might be closer to 100, so keep that, just keep that in mind. Um, you know, so even at the end, you know, the reserves, I don't know why I'm having trouble reading this today. These new glasses, I might have the wrong prescription. <laughs> um, you know, so even with that, we're budgeting with $145,000 budgeted in RLT, you still budget to make some money in this program. You spend every dime, you know, you still budget to make a little bit of money. If you go down to the reserve, you can see we have the restricted money and then a projected reserve at the end of next year, uh, which is push at about 70, 70%. Now, if you know, we can do the same, if we get into next year, right, we're in month eight, month nine, and maybe you don't end up buying the truck, or you don't decide you don't want the truck, or the rental income is a lot higher than we thought. You could vote like we've done you did last year. Many times to restrict more money. Um, What's an ideal percent of the max? I, I would say between 50 and 70. <coughs> they want to see over 35. So we double that. Yeah. So if, if you're if you go below 35, um, they'll they'll even though the minimum this is kind of weird. The minimum is 20 percent of your maximum. But if you go if you budget below 35, they're going to try to make you change your budget. So I have this argument with them all the time. I said, if you're subsidized housing or you budget the cap, and your reserves are already below 35%, how, how do we get about 35%? Yeah. And then the conversation goes away, and then we'll approve the budget, unless you know, you're still going down, 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 down. And then that's what the director has to talk to DACV, because I can't, you know, I can explain the numbers, but then it's more of a philosophical, yeah, yep. And I, I do have housing authorities that the reserves are, are in the 20%, 15%. Nice. And, you know, it's just the makeup of the agency and the, the cost structure. Why would we restrict another 100000 right now? That's up to you. You could do that. I think um, we still have one month left in the year, and there's a lot of costs that will be... Why don't we, you want to wait to see what the year end is, and then I'll go over with Lisa, and then she'll bring it back to you guys, and if you vote, I'll make the entry. You want to do that? Sure. Okay. Now I'm flexible with that. You know, some people don't like doing it. Other people get it, and they do like. You I love doing it. I know you do. You brought it up before. <laughs> I remember a lot of these conversations. Yeah. Um, so, so there's your 400. That's the key to the whole place, really. And you're making money. Your reserves are healthy. You got restricted reserves. The salaries are in there. Here's the salary page. Page number two. Uh, and the top part is based, you can see the executive director, that's based on the new salary schedule, with all the numbers tied. And then if you go two, two people down, you can see that's the amount she gets in the house, that bonus structure that we set up. Um, you know, so you're all set there, and like you can see the two people combined will equal 4% increase in the line. And I double-checked, it's like to the dollar. Uh. You, you, I know you're thorough, but 
Yeah, I want to make sure because I, in, they, they're so they're so careful about double checking the salaries that if it was four, if it was like eight dollars, even though your reserves are unbelievable, if it was eight dollars over four percent, they would call her up and say you can't go over four percent no matter what your reserves, and then they make me redo everything. Yeah. For eight bucks, you know. So well, I always double check with that type of stuff. Um, you know, so that's that's the administrative salaries. Uh, page three is the maintenance salaries, which are, like I said, every year in March, the Department of Labor Industry comes out with the race, and that's the rate. You can't pay more than that, and you can't pay less than that. That's the rate. Um, we also have an extra half position in here that hasn't been filled yet. My advice, and Lisa agreed, because I always ask what she wants to do, because it's to leave it in there in case you guys decide to fill that fourth position. We're on page three, yep. maintenance labor. And that's um, included in the budget already. Yep. It's included in the budget. It's a matter of finding the right person. And if you find the right person, it's in there. Right. Um, you know, I'm kind of, you know, even an administrator. So I, I go to some places that have like, you know, 15 administrative people. So there's a lot of changeover from one year to the next when you're doing the budgets. Mm -hmm. And if somebody, if, if somebody was making $30 an hour, and this is more of an administrative thing, and they hire somebody at 27, I tell them to leave the budget at 30 so it gives them flexibility. Because if you bring it down, you're never getting it back. And if you have the money, uh, you just say the person's excellent and you don't want to lose them. You know, you might want to bump them up during a year. They're that good and you want to have the flexibility not be, you know, kind of tied down to that. Um, you know, so that's it, maintenance labor, labor and industry. Uh, you know, it's about four and a half, five percent. That's two years worth of the LI rates, because remember last year's weren't in there. So the, the new rates are effective now. Like effective April first, right? So you're you they'll be getting paid exactly what's in the budget. Um, and then page four is the non-routine page, and that's 149.5. Uh, the big items are a new truck and a lawnmower. You can see those at the bottom. Um, so those are in there. So you know, basically that's what our whole this was Lisa's whole list, and I was able to put that in as well as. Some turn flooring in the 689 and some tree removal in the 6892, which I have the streets on the. I have to be talking about that last year. I made sure I put the street names on the programs. Um, so the next page is the 689. So, so what you submit to the state as a budget is the 400 Brook Street 689-1 and Plain Street, which is the newer one. Those are your, that's your state budget. The manager program. I do a budget for, but that doesn't get submitted. The houses, we do a rough little draft just to make sure it looks okay, that doesn't get submitted. Uh, but when I do the finance, I can see how everything works to know. You know if I see a problem somewhere else, you know, it's kind of like when you do a state and federal budget, you kind of kind of do them together. Because, you know, it's important that, you know, one's not supporting the other. And you know you have a rich program and a poor program. I got a client once, a city, and they had a negative million dollars in their federal public housing and a positive 1.5 million in the session April. I'm like, well, gosh, you really only have 500,000. So don't think you have all this money over here. I don't know who did these before you hired me, but this is like the worst thing I ever saw. I had to go through the and HUD and all kinds of 
stuff. I don't know why it didn't happen before I got there, but it was kind of unbelievable. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Uh, so here's the Brook Street budget. The rest went up, I think, um, let's see, 100 bucks, right? 100 bucks a month, roughly, right in that range. And prior to non-routine, so you see, once again, a program operates in surplus, you budgeted to make a little bit over $6,000. Okay, now we put in the $6,000 for Lauren, um, and if you spent it, you would break even. You can see your reserve for eight units is $90,000. Unlike the 400, DAC doesn't look at your reserve level. Okay, they expect you to use that if something happens and you have a, a project that needs to be done. You know, so they're not going to recoup that. They never even looked at it. It's never even come up anywhere. Um, so they expect you to build a higher reserve than 69 if you have the ability to do it. Uh, 16.92 is Plain Street, and you can see, even though that's relatively new, if you remember, my strategy on these programs, um, in, in, you know, as long as people agree, is to not really, you know, say you start a new program six months in a year, try to charge as little as you can to it to build up a reserve to get it, to get it going. Plus, at least that's an administrative fee from the development costs, which nobody gets. Once again, I don't know how she does it, but she does it. Um, so it's, you started out with a pretty good reserve there, and even though the program is only a couple years old, you can see that you have you know almost seventy thousand dollars in there. You know, so you're three for three in terms of your state program in terms of where you're at. Uh, page seven is just the houses, and I just moved over the costs that go there. Um, we put in some administrative costs. I estimated, you know, I budgeted a surplus of seven thousand on routine five. Um, so that's. Pretty accurate, you have about $40,000 in there, a surplus in the house. Remember, you remember it five years ago, it was kind of close to even. It was even. Yeah, it was, it was close to even. So you, you you started trickling off the right path, because remember you guys refinanced, right. and the rents have gone. So as long as you don't have somebody that doesn't pay the rent for six months, or destroys the place, you know, you'll keep operating in the right, in the right direction. And the last page is the ideal management budget. So I do a management operating statement every month as well. So you can see how you're doing. Um, the management fees are calculation. Um, it's changed because of the director's salary schedule. Because they do the salary schedule too. And you get uh, 1.25 on that number as management. On a year that the salary schedule doesn't happen, so say next year there's a 6% increase in the allowable spending, that management fee can go up 6%. Um, and now they have the ability to do that. I'm sure they wouldn't complain. Uh, so if you go down to that, you can see you have about, you predicted to have over $50,000 in that program as well at the end of next year. So that's your reserve that goes in your bank account that doesn't get recorded on any of the financial statements that I do. It's yours. You know, so that's really it. Uh, I don't really see anything negatives, and if I did, you'd be the first ones to know. Not all the board meetings I go to are like this. You know, there's someone like, okay, you guys are in trouble. You need to get your ass together. I don't say it quite like that, but I'm like, we gotta really focus. And I have one of those next week, actually. Because um, you're broke, so you're gonna have to cut travel. You might have to cut some hours, you know. There's no option. We're asking you for more money. They give it to you, God bless you. Um, in your case, these issues don't happen. They don't come up. Um, you know, occasionally, you know, even with the share money, you guys get. I mean, I don't see that a lot of places either. Yeah, I mean, I don't see that anywhere else. I see it in Norfolk. 
and I see it here, and I might see it in two other places. I have another director kind of mind. Like a younger version of Lisa. You know, she's a little newer, but she gets it too. It's like it's amazing when you see good directors do what you're supposed to do. I have directors that I, I really yell at them to call her. Because you know, they have all these uh, admin uh, capital projects. And when you have a capital project, you're allowed to keep 10% of the admin fee that goes in your reserve. If you guys didn't do that, sometimes it would be okay because you're in such good shape. But I have housing companies that are in bad shape that don't do it, which is why they're in bad shape. And I'm like, listen, if you don't know how to do it, when you call Lisa, it'll, she'll keep explaining to you in five minutes. And then you just put the prop, prop and it's gonna make you gonna make an extra $30,000, which you need. And the consulting fee is pretty low. Right. <laughs> What's that? And the consulting fee is pretty low. <laughs> I, it's unbelievable. Yeah. They just won't do it, though. Like, and they're like, okay, how much should I put in the budget? How much admin fee do you get to see? None. Okay, then I'm going to have to go present this budget to your board and show that why you're broke. So I try to scare them into power, and it still doesn't work. <laughs> uh, but so everything looks excellent across the board. Is there a motion? Motion to do we accepting the budget? Uh, just a motion to move for question and comments. But, but the, the motion, motion is to accept the budget. Yes. Motion, motion to accept the budget. Second. Second. Um, I would uh, in the budget process. I would note in the minutes of refuse from the maintenance and labor of voting. Yes. There's a motion a second. Okay. Go ahead. I think you should make two separate. Motions. I'm going to make a first motion to approve the budget, excluding those items that Peter just mentioned. And, and a second, second to that. Second. Comments and questions on that part. Many of the members. Carrying on. All those in favor, saying aye. 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 Opposed. Thank you. I make a motion to approve the remaining portion of the budget that ends in the second. Second. <laughs> 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 the motion is second. Any comments or questions? Hearing on all the favor by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? One recusal. All right, we all set? Thank you yes, right. thank you. Good one, guys. Good to see you guys. Thank you. Working on it. Thanks, guys. Yep. Have a good meeting. Thank, thank you. Okay, uh, let's go back to the top of the agenda in your package. It's the council payable for March 2022. Motion to approve. Motion to approve, $158,245.30. Is there a second? Second. The motion is second. Comments and questions? Hearing all in favor saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Thank you very much. Also, we'll be back at the capital endowments for February 2022. Totaling $631.93. Motion to approve. Second. There's a motion and a second. Comments, questions. Uh, so you, you were able to clean up whatever issues were in there, Lisa. I know it's just looking at it. Just some, it was a late fee or something like that. They just thought it was cleaned up. Yes, okay. we got that. Yeah. Taken off. Any other comments, questions? Carrying on, all those in favor by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Thank you very much. Let me see the director's report. Okay. Uh, there. Mass Narrow has a couple of board member training sessions coming up. Uh, both of them are remote, one on April 30th for ethics and one on May 7th for finance. 
anybody is uh, wants to go, please let me know and I will get you registered. Mass Narrows annual conference will be held at Seacrest Hotel uh, on the Cape, May 22nd to the 25th. I have added to your packet the bank balance uh, sheet that we just were able to um, get that prepared today because when the packets went out last week, it wasn't the end of the month yet, so we didn't get our bank statements in, so that you have in your packet. The waiting list currently, we have 9,540 people on the waiting list, 318 of those are local residents to Franklin. The current rent roll um, that's in your secretary's, uh, I'm sorry, director's report is for March, and I have given you the updated one for April. Once again, the rent roll wasn't completed last uh, Thursday, wasn't the beginning of the month yet. So you can compare those two, um, and that's what Richard was talking about, um, the rent roll going up a little bit. So he conservatively put an increase in the budget for that. Vacancies, we currently have um, two congregate vacancies, so we've built um, another one, and we have two one-bedroom units that are vacant and one family unit, and that's it. We have five vacancies total currently. In March, we leased up nine units. Wow. So two of them were local residents, Four of them were transfers. Two of them were two emergency non-local residents and one non-local veteran. So um, that's who we housed last month in those nine units. Um, I have added to the director's report uh, per the chairman's request, the Franklin Housing Authority um, years of organization for each development and how many units. So that if you ever asked, uh, you know, when the Housing Authority was established, we were organized in 1948, and we started with our uh, first development was the 201 development, which was built for veterans returning home um, and their families, and that was built in 1950. And you can go down the line and see where we put 40 units of senior housing in 1960 in 1965 and 56 units in 75 and so on. We currently have 218 state um, units and um, I'm sorry, 214 and the four individual properties that we have. Our appointment roster, you can see that um, we have removed um, um, Commissioner Padula for uh, her right resignation last month. That position will be filled by a tenant board member with a term expiring in June of 2023 because that's the slot that will be filled with that position. We discussed um, the next meeting in May, keeping in mind that um, I will not be available for a period of time starting um, with May. So our next meeting is scheduled for May 9th. Motion to the Secretary for the Second. There's a motion to the second. Further questions or comments? Carrying them. All those in favor by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you. Um, Chris, do you have an update on the CPC? Uh, actually, I do not. We're having a meeting tomorrow night. 
I'd like to talk about something related, but not directly from the CDC, if that's okay. Please do. I don't know if anyone saw the um, old church down on uh, Washington Street, where they were considering that for housing. I don't know if that's something we want to consider. Uh, it's a lot of now. Yes. Yeah. Yep. How many units can we get in? Two. Yep. Yep. If my recollection is right, didn't we have a friend of the house and a very good down in price that for us maybe 10 years ago? I'm not sure it was quite that long ago, but yes, we did. We felt at the time that the cost just did not meet that service? Well, <clears throat> at the time, the town wasn't willing to give the property away. Oh, yeah. Given, if I understand it correctly, they're going to accept proposals for people saying this is what I can do with the property. And one of the criteria, I think the main criteria, is that you keep the facade basically the same. That's fine. And it's, there's a, a right away or easement to a pumping station or something behind it, which I think, for our purposes, I think that's okay, but I think that's going to eliminate a lot of other people. Um, my understanding is there's going to be another viewing at some point, or walkthrough, if you will. Yeah. It would be possible to have that uh, contract come with us for another walkthrough. I would say yes, but I gotta, yeah. I'm pretty confident the answer is yes, but I gotta ask. Yeah, yeah. let's get it. If we can schedule that, maybe we can do a little bit of a walkthrough. Is there a schedule walkthrough, or we uh, would schedule one? I don't know if you schedule through Jamie or how that process works. Steve, I recall there were two public ones, one happened. I don't recall the second date, but there were two public ones. But aside from the two public ones, I'm sure you could arrange a separate one. Um, do you have a comment? No, I was just going to say, Jamie said he was doing in April as well. Well, that's what happened the end of this last month. Yeah, that, that was the second one. So that might not work on the schedule, yeah. but we'll do a walk. We'll certainly do a walk. I'd like to be aware of that, yeah. right? Yeah, okay. I think we need to, as we discussed, <coughs> Other avenues for other. Well, right, and I mean, I mean looking into it, it's just going to cost us our time. Yeah. It's going to be foolish not to. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. so, yeah. As you evolve through with yeah. that. Yeah. Anything further? No, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Um, correspondence, Lisa, do you have any? None. Old business 667 1 building fire update. Happy to report that the building, um, we have certificate mm -hmm. of occupancy for the building, and it is um, full. That's fantastic. Yep. Has everybody moved in? No. Um, one person has not moved in. I believe the others have. Thanks for working. Okay. I am aware of a couple of our residents that um, have applied for this board position. Um, because they let me know, but I don't know how many others may have put in uh, letters of interest, but the town will receive letters of interest until April 28th. Okay. Comments, questions? Please continue with some any corrosion update. Okay, I did put a um, packet together for the board review. Um, we have a neighbor that has encroached on a portion of our property. Um, we have asked the town to take care of this issue because um, there should be at least a 10 
foot um, offset off the property line, um, not, not even including the encroachment. So um, as I did speak with the town administrator regarding this, and um, they, the town did walk the property, and they are taking care of this issue um, on their side at this point. We've got to wait and see how it all unravels. Um, but um, we don't want anybody encroaching on our property. Questions? Any other old business? Nope. New business, fish contract 101-165, emergency boilers, certificate of substantial completion. This is the emergency boiler project that um, Sean was ex uh, explaining to you last month. And uh, for, it's for the Winter Street property. We have three boilers there. One went down, was we were un not able to repair it. Um, the other two boilers were just as old, and the project is complete, actually. Um, Sean did an excellent job in getting prices and getting the job done and supervising <coughs> that, um, that job. So we're voting on the CSC, substantial completion, today, and the next will be the final completion that we'll be looking for as well. All is done. Is there a motion? So Second. Motion to second for other comments or questions. Hearing none, all in favor by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Thank you. <coughs> the final completion certificate, Fish Contract 101165. The same project, instead of substantial completion, it's the final completion. Motion to approve. Motion to accept. Thank you. Motion to second for other comments or questions. Hearing none, all in favor by saying aye. 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 Opposed? Thank you. Contract for legal services, Lisa. Um, in the past years, the housing authorities across Massachusetts have had a legal island attorney program that was very successful, but uh, uh, Western Mass lost their attorney several years ago, and the state came up with another program that gives the housing authorities um, some money to um, keep their, you know, legal issues in uh, regarding housing um, paid for. So we recently lost our regional attorney. We have hired Curly and Curly PC. Um, they are giving us a reduced rate based on the state uh, going out and approving them for uh, this purpose. Is that the 6000 Yes, it is, yes. Exactly. Um, we'll spend all of that, yeah. uh, and, and I'm sure more. With um, with the problems we've had with COVID and people getting used to not paying rent and not getting evicted because of the moratoriums, um, I think we're going to run into some real pushback when, um, yeah, yep. Do, do that. Oh, what do you She's an item, right? Um, she's, I have to sign the contract. Yeah. So um, we're authorizing George to sign the contract? Correct. Yes. Motion to authorize the chairman to sign the contract. Second. Motion to second. So um, I've never seen legal fees by the hour so low. Well. <laughs> yeah.
There were several firms that we could select from, and um, I wanted to make sure that we had an attorney that was already familiar with housing law, because it's very different from tenant landlord law, but housing authorities have to follow the code of um, past regulations, and, um, and I wanted to make sure we didn't get somebody that was too new. So, I don't think I do. No, this is nothing to do with the court. I mean, there, there could be cases that the start in court, but this court shouldn't have any impact and vice versa. Okay. Are they not asking for a retainer? Or am I missing? No. It's a great deal. Okay. This particular firm actually uh, was the firm that DHC hired for to represent us for an MCD, MCAD case um, back in the early 2000s, which we were successful, and they did a great job, and I had a good report with them. Michelle went out as a work for this firm, correct? No. That's KP Law? Yes, it is. Yeah, okay. Okay, any comments or questions? Hearing them, all the favor by saying aye. Aye. Opposed? Thank you. Uh, proposal from Joel Dorico. I think everybody got a packet from um, Joel Dorico. Um, he is looking to build, um, I forget how many units. 60. 60 units. Um, he was looking at the housing authority to see if, um, if um, we could support his proposal to, to build, first of all. He would like to restrict the, for all of the first floor units, uh, which would would be 24 units as um, low income, or not, I'm sorry, not low income, but affordable units. And um, what that means is that he would keep the rent below, at or below 80% of the fair market rent. Um, currently for one bedroom unit in Franklin, it's $1,924. So that would mean that those all of those first floor units, the rent would be uh, at $1,539 or below. And um, any, I, I don't think we have any residents that apply on our list that would probably be able to afford to go that route. But certainly any additional affordable housing in Franklin is, is welcome and, um, and needed. The rents are crazy. And, and this is at least one way where we can make something a little more affordable for, for someone. So what do we need to do? So I discussed this with the chairman, and um, it, we decided that just a letter of support for his proposal so that when he brings it to the town that he knows that he's got support from the housing authority as well. Agree with that. Motion to approve, Senator Moletta. Motion to second. Are there comments or questions? Hearing none, all in favor saying aye. Aye. Who is the second, please? 
Oh, oh you know what? Peter uh, it, it should be Andrew because uh, Joel is. Uh, How do you know that? I, I don't know the name. Yeah, but you, you, you get financial benefit from that. No, I can guarantee you that. I can guarantee you that. <laughs> okay. And none of that, the uh, you're right. Well, anything left, right? Yeah. Uh, my favorite part of the agenda is the annual elections. So we have. I make a motion that we uh, retain the same slate of offices. This is all doing such a wonderful job. Second. Any comments or questions? All those people are saying aye. Do we want to state that for the record? So, yes, that would be the chairman would be George Danello, the vice chair would be Christopher Bailey, treasurer is Peter, and assistant treasurer would be Andrew. Okay. Right. We should do a roll call vote for that. Four people? Mm -hmm. Okay, roll call vote. Mr. Andrew Keppel. Aye. Mr. Bernoulli. Aye. Mr. Bailey. Yes. No, yes. Very good. Unanimous. Again, I'm honored. Um, it's going to be on any other picture. I'm surprised. I didn't know I had a rolling Long time. <laughs> we had some paperwork here, but I'm ready to sign after the meeting. Um, do we have any other new business come before us? Hearing now, entertain a motion to adjourn. Motion to adjourn. Second. We are now producing this in collaboration with Franklin TV and Franklin Public Radio. This podcast is my public service effort for Franklin, but we can't do it alone. We can always use your help. How can you help? If you can use the information that you find here, please tell your friends and neighbors. If you don't like something here, please let me know. Through this feedback loop, we can continue to make improvements and I thank you for listening. For additional information, please visit franklinmatters.org. If you have questions or comments, you can reach me directly at suresteve at gmail.com. The music for the intro and exit was provided by Michael Clark and the group East of Shirley. The piece is titled Ernesto Manana, copyright Michael Clark and Tintype Tunes in 2008, and used with their permission. I hope you enjoy. By the way, you can also subscribe and listen to Franklin Matters Radio on your favorite podcast app. Search in podcasts for Franklin Matters.